ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار مرحبا بكم جميعا اهلا وسهلا we continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of al-Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala rahmatan wasi'a and we are on the fourth hadith the hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu an which he narrates on the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam concerning the stages of birth and we had arrived or we left off in the last class the statement of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam thumma yursalu al-malak fayunfukhu fihi ar-ruh wa yu'mar bi-arba'i kalimat bi-katbi rizqihi wa ajrihi wa 'amalihi wa shaqiyun aw sa'idun and then the angel is sent to the embryo and he blows the soul into the embryo and this is after the 120 day period as is mentioned the first 40 days is the nutfa and then the next 40 days is the alaqa and then the next 40 days is the mudgha and then after the completion of 120 days and then the angel is sent and the angel blows the soul into the flesh and then the angel is commanded with writing down for affairs writing the provisions of the person the lifespan of the person the actions of the person and whether the person will be wretched or happy and this is where we left off. The soul, once blown into the flesh, 
the, the body, the person is alive or the embryo is alive and at this time if the woman was to have a miscarriage then we will pray janazah over the embryo because the soul was there and for sure aborting a child at the, after this period is the killing of a, of a person without a doubt and the scholars differ as to the permissibility of aborting the child prior to the 120 day period but they mentioned that after this period for sure when the soul is blown into it uh, this is haram and I remember uh, a case where a wife she was pregnant by uh, her husband and she did not want to keep the child and she went ahead and aborted uh, the child and because of the stage of the birth uh, the wife it was ruled upon her that she had to pay the husband blood money for the killing of his child as this is a serious affair in al-Islam but the point here the soul is blown into the body or the flesh and now the life is there with the soul and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is in control of this affair <clears throat> and the parents or the mother who's carrying the child in her womb she has no control over them no control whatsoever life is growing inside of her in her own body and she has no control but Allah has complete control over the affair and this is a sign from the signs of the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because if they were to monitor the whole pregnancy with monitors they will not see the angel come and put the soul or blow the soul into the, the flesh but rather they will see the movement yeah but they won't see the angel it's from the matters of the unseen but it's clear that Allah exists these are the signs that Allah exists and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator and the mother is the vessel that is used to bring forth life but she herself has not created the child Allah is the one who creates the child within her and allows the child to grow the mother is the vessel to nurture but Allah is the creator and Allah made the mother the, the vessel with the writing of these affairs, we covered 
that this is the proof against those who deny the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the divine decree or the pre-decree as Allah azza wa jal commands the angel to write down the provisions so from the time the soul is blown into the the body up until death it's written what the provisions will be for the person and likewise the lifespan how long will the person live even if the child is going to be stillborn is going to die in the womb that's written that's already written that is going to take place that way and the actions are written for Allah Azza wa Jal He knows that which the person is going to do prior to the person doing the act good or bad for Allah is Al-Alim and He knows all things different from mankind we were born not knowing things and then we learn and this is one of the clear proofs <clears throat> that a person cannot be considered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As you know, we have individuals who claim to be Allah, but in no shape, form, or fashion is this claim one that is valid because how can someone be Allah who is ignorant? of many affairs ignorant of matters that take place within his own body because if you was to tell the person to describe his soul he can't can anybody describe how their soul looks so the unseen we know we have one and it's right within us but we cannot describe what it is So when reading these statements of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and pondering and reflecting over them, this should make the person humble and know that the affairs are within the control of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The scholars, they say, this writing of these affairs this is the first of the categories of the four types of qadr. This is the first of the category of the four types of qadr. Meaning that which is written while the person is in the womb. The second type of qadr is the qadr of the life of the person and it is that when the angel comes it is decreed all of that which will take place from the beginning of his creation or for let me go back sorry the first type of qadr 
is that which is written with Allah. Excuse me, let me rephrase it. The first type of qadr is that which is written with Allah. Allah, He wrote everything 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. That which is going to be. From the beginning of creation to the end. Then you have the qadr of the life of the person. Which is this hadith right here. Which is taking place in the womb of the mother. When the angel is commanded to write the four affairs. And then you have the yearly qadr. When does that take place? Huh? The yearly qadr. The yearly qadr. When does that take place? When? What night? The night of decree. Laylatul Qadr. When the decree for the year, it comes down. And then also you have the daily Qadr. And this returns back to the hadith of Abi Huraira radiallahu an. Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal. Yata'aqabuna fikum malaika. Bil-layl wa malaikatun bil-nahar. وَيَجْتَمِعُونَ فِي صَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ ثُمَّ يَعْرُجُ الَّذِينَ بَاتُوا فِيكُمْ فَيَسْأَلُهُمْ يعني الله وهو أعلم بهم كيف تركتم عبادي فيقولون تركناهم وهم يصلون وأتيناهم وهم يصلون The Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he mentioned that the malaika they come amongst us like in shifts you have angels that come down amongst us uh, during the night and then you have angels that come during the morning but they come together at the time of uh, salat al-fajr and salat al-asr so you have angels that are with us during the night Angels that are with us during the day And they meet at the time of Salat al-Fajr and Salat al-Asr And then those who stay the night amongst us When they go up to Allah Allah, He asked them and He knows already How did you leave my slaves, my servants? So they would say, we left them while they were praying And when we came to them, they were praying Any meaning? Salat al-Fajr and Salat al-Asr Say that again. We ought to make it on time because it was one of the conditions of the prayer. Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned, "Inna salata kanat ala mu'minina kitab and Indeed, the prayer is an obligation uh, upon the believers at fixed stated times. So a person has to pray the prayer within his proper time. And if the individual intentionally leaves off praying the prayer at the proper time, then it's not accepted. The prayer is not accepted. Because the person intentionally left off one of the conditions of the prayer. It's like a person who intentionally prays without wudu. It's not accepted. Wudu is a condition for the prayer. Or a person uh, intentionally uh, praise in a different direction of the, the Qibla Intentionally Knowing the Qibla is one way He prays the total opposite way Intentionally 
this is not accepted. So there are conditions uh, in order for the prayer to uh, be accepted. Now, so these angels that are amongst us during the night and during the day, uh, as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, they meet each other at the time of Salat al-Fajr, and like they change, for lack of better words, they're changing shifts, as we would say. One group is coming and the other is going. Then at the other prayer, one group is coming and then the other is going. So Allah, He asked them, how did you find my servants? And what this narration establishes is the virtues of Salat al-Asr and the virtues of Salat al-Fajr. And especially Salat al-Asr because we have specific narrations uh, mentioning the, the punishment for missing Salat al-Asr intentionally. It's like a person, he uh, has lost all of his family and all of his wealth. Or the person's deeds are invalidated and for the day. And this is for the person who misses Salat al-Asr intentionally. So, and these angels will testify against the people as to what the people were doing. No. Also, you have a narration on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an. Tu'rad al-a'mal fi kulli yawm khamisan wa thnayn. That the, the actions are presented to Allah every Thursday and Monday. فَيَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَالَ فِي ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِاللَّهِ الشَّيْءَ إِلَّا مْرَأً كَانَتْ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ آخِهِ شَحْنَا فَيُقَالْ عُرُقُوا هَذَيْنِ حَتَّى يَسْطَلِحَا عُرُقُوا هَذَيْنِ حَتَّى يَسْطَلِحَا The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the actions of the servant are presented every Thursday and Monday. And Allah, He forgives on that day every person who does not associate anything with Allah as a partner, except for the person who has a dispute between him and his brother. Very important. Yeah, be careful. Unnecessary arguing and bickering and, and having disputes amongst one another. This can prevent our actions from being accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, leave them until they rectify the affair. Leave them until they rectify the affair. So brothers, as a side note, Leave off the unnecessary bickering and arguing And that which has no merit And if you have a problem with your brother Seek to rectify the matter You make an effort to rectify the matter Because you, are, you have to be concerned about your deeds You have to be concerned about your actions Do you not want your actions to be accepted by Allah? We all want our actions to be accepted by Allah. No one in can you imagine you're working at a job and you worked overtime and you're busting your behind on this job, getting there early, leaving late, 
But you have a problem with a coworker. So when you go to get your check, they say, well, you can't get your check until you fix the problem with the coworker. What you going to do? Everything is all right, right? Everybody shaking your hand. <laughs> you want your check, right? We all right, right? People say, yeah, we are. We have the problems because you want your money, right? Your deeds with Allah are greater than the paycheck. Now you make the effort. You make the effort to bring about rectification. If you did something wrong, apologize. Don't be arrogant. If you know you wrong your brother, apologize to your brother. Seek the parting of your brother. A lot of times, you know, the conflict goes on because nobody wants to say they're sorry. Nobody wants to apologize for what they did. Everyone wants to take, you know, a stern and staunch position. I'm not budging. Sometimes you just have to be the bigger person and give the salams first, break the ice. And the one who gives the salam first is the better of the two. You know, give the salams. Listen, I pay my apologies for any offense. You know, we, I don't want to continue with this affair. You know, I don't want my deeds to be held up. And you shouldn't want your deeds to be held up. My apologies for any... Whoever humbles himself for the sake of Allah, Allah will raise him. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam There's no one who uh, humbles himself for the sake of Allah Except that Allah raises him Here's another narration Where The Prophet ﷺ, he was asked about the month of Sha'ban and why does he fast so much in the month of Sha'ban and he said, ذَلِكَ شَهْرٌ That is a month that people are heedless of, they don't pay attention to it. It's between Rajab and Ramadan. But it is a month in which your actions are raised up to Allah. It is a month in which the actions are raised up to the Lord of the creation. So I love that my actions are raised up while I'm in a state of fasting. So these are the, the different aspects of decree as it relates to actions and the likes. The Prophet ﷺ, he also mentioned that the actions and the state of the individual is also written by the angel. This is what the angel is commanded. So now the Prophet ﷺ goes into the matter of a person in his state, in the life of this world. So he says, For one ladi nafsi biyadihi, I swear by the one whom my soul is in his hand. 
And then he states, إِنَّ أَحَدُكُمْ لَيَعْمَلْ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى مَا يَكُونْ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهَا إِلَّا ذِرَاءً فَيَصْبِكُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابِ فَيَعْمَلْ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فَيَدْخُلُهَا Indeed, one of you, he performs the actions of the people of the paradise until there is an arm span between him and the paradise. I mean, he's close. But then what is written overcomes him. And then he begins to perform the acts of the people of the hellfire. And then he enters into it. There are those who have misunderstood the intent of the Prophet wasallam here. And they viewed it that a human being doesn't have free will. He's forced to do what he does. But that's not the intent, the intent here of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. Before that, the Prophet, he swore by Allah. And you will never find the Prophet ﷺ swearing by anything or anyone other than Allah. And this is from the aspects of Jahiliyyah. People swearing by other than Allah, swearing by their fathers, their forefathers, swearing by the dead, uh, swearing by even swearing by the Kaaba. You find people doing this is incorrect. People swear by the Prophet. They say when Nabi, this is incorrect. This is shirk bilazawajat. The Prophet said, "Man kana halifan That whoever is going to swear, then let him swear by Allah or remain silent. In another narration, the Prophet mentioned, مَنْ حَلَفَ بِغَيْرِ أَشْرَكَ أو كَفَرَ That whoever swears by other than Allah, then he has committed an act of shirk or an act of disbelief. Swearing by other than Allah, Azzawajal, is the lesser form of shirk. Unless the person intends to magnify the one or the thing that they are swearing by other than Allah, then in this case it becomes major shirk. And what we in, in here, for many of us who grew up here, we used to say things like, word to the mother. Like that's a swear, like you're swearing by your mother. Or my, or my mom's, or, or my grandfather's dead grave. Like this is not allowed in Islam. Don't do this type of swearing. You have some people, they say, well, amana, by the trust that this is a swearing. We should not be swearing by anything or anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The statement, indeed, one of you, he does the actions of the people of paradise until there is an arm span between him and it. And then what is written is overcomes him. What is meant by what is written overcomes him, not that the person is forced to do what he does, rather... What's written from what Allah knows that the person is going to do takes place. That's what that means. And that's because remember, the angel writes down what you're going to do. Everything that you're going to do is already written down because Allah knows it. So, as an example, a person is raised upon Islam, is practicing Islam. But then the individual meets a woman. 
and then he leaves his religion for the woman. That's written that the person was going to do that. Allah knows that the person was going to make that choice of leaving his deen for the woman. As the woman, she says, I'll be with you, but I don't want no Muslim man. And people have been tested like this, and they have failed the test. So the person says, okay, I'll leave my religion for you. That's written that the person was going to leave his religion. Although prior to that, he was doing the acts of the people of paradise. So now he changed. So now he's doing the acts of the people of the hellfire. And then if he dies in that state, khalas, then he enters into the hellfire. So this is an example of what is intended by the, the, the statement of the Prophet wasallam. And then on the other hand, that one of you may be doing the actions of the people of the hellfire until there is an arm span between him and it. And, and maybe this applies to some of us. And may Allah make us from the people of paradise where prior to our Islam we were on the path of evil, on the path to hell. Right? And we were close. But Allah guided us. Allowed Islam to come into our lives That's written that Allah was going to guide us So now we change our lives around And then now we're doing the actions of the people of paradise Inshallah we die on Islam And then we enter into the paradise This is what's intended Not that a person is doing good And then for no reason Allah makes the person become evil No Allah Azza wa Jal mentions إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ That Allah does not change the condition of a people unless they change their own condition. So if a person is upon the path of goodness, Allah is not going to change that person's uh, state of happiness to being wretched. And the opposite also. The person is on the path of evil, Allah will not change. The person has to make a change and want good. Look at the man who killed 99 people. Right? He was upon a path of evil And then he was looking for a way out And the monk, he spoke without knowledge He said, there is no repentance for you So he killed the monk, now it's 100 people And then finally, he speaks to a scholar And the scholar says That no one can come in between you and the forgiveness of Allah But, you have to leave this land that you come from It's an evil place and go to this other land where the people are worshipping Allah. So then he set out. But he dies on his way. Allah forgave him. We know the story. Allah forgave him. So he made an effort. So Allah Azza wa Jal changed the condition from evil to good. He is his fault. Right. Allah says No, it's the creed So Allah says When they deviated, Allah deviated their hearts Don't understand See, this is the, the mistake we make sometimes we, Understanding the creed To always mean something that's Out of our control The creed of The tree of Allah is four matters The knowledge of Allah The writing of the knowledge the will of Allah and what Allah Azawajal created. The knowledge of Allah and Allah knows everything. 
That's a part of Allah's decree. Allah knows everything that's going to take place. And even the things that did not take place, Allah knows how it would have been had it took, taken place. Then you have the writing of the knowledge, meaning that which is going to take place in creation. Allah wrote that in Allah al commanded the pen to write that in Allah al Then you have the will of Allah. That which Allah allows or wills to happen from good and bad. That doesn't remove the responsibility from the human being. You're still responsible. Because you have free will. You don't have unrestricted free will, but you have free will. You make a choice. Right. So, saying something is decreed doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that was put upon you that you, you had no option in the situation. Like for instance, it's decreed who your parents are. You had no choice in that matter. Right? But it's also decreed that you was going to come to the masjid today, but you chose to come here. Right? So you see the difference? One matter is, was a matter of choice. And then the other matter is something you had no hand in the affair. Right? You, don't, you, you control who your parents are? No. No. But you have the ability to go to and from places you decide to go to. All of it is not a part of the decree of Allah. All of it. All of it. Except that when a person sins, it's from the decree, from the aspect of Allah allowed it to happen and Allah knew you was going to do that. But not decree from the aspect that Allah made you sin. No. Allah didn't make you sin. You chose to sin. But Allah, He knew you was going to sin, so that's what was written down. That on such and such a day, in such and such a place, you was going to do such and such a sin. So from, the, from that aspect, yes, it's decreed. Not from the aspect of, well, it's a decree of Allah stole. Like when the man stole in the time of Umar al-Khattab, and he said, oh, command of the believers, I only stole by the, the will of Allah, the decree of Allah. And he said, and we're going to cut your hand off by the decree of Allah too. So, <laughs> meaning you can't use the qadr as an excuse to commit sins. Because the sinner himself, if somebody violates him, and he wants his justice, and the person say, it was the decree of Allah, is he going to accept that? No, no one wants to hear that at that time when they're being violated. <laughs> When you do something wrong, it's the decree of Allah. But when you come home and find your house empty, they then cleaned you out. And then they catch the people. He said, hey, brother, just let it go. It's the decree of Allah. You don't want to hear that. You want to press charges and you want to know where your stuff is at, right? That actually is the, the way of the polytheists of old. And that is that they would use... Or they use the qadr of Allah as an excuse. 
they use the qadr of Allah Azzawajal as an excuse. And the scholars they mention, when it comes to doing wrong, it is not allowed for a person to use the qadr as an excuse of why they did what they did of wrong. This is understood? When a person is doing wrong, it is not allowed for one to use the qadr of Allah as an excuse as to why they have done wrong. Meaning using the qadr as a justification So you have here's the proof. Suratul An'am verse number 148. Allah says, Allah ma ashrakna. And those who associate partners with Allah, they will say, if Allah had willed, we would not have committed shirk. So what are they using as as huh? They, they're using the decree as an excuse for them committing shirk. No, they have free will. You chose to commit shirk. Okay? Yes, Allah allowed it to happen, but that doesn't mean Allah is pleased with it. Because remember, you have the legislative will, and then you have the universal will. And there's a difference between the legislative will and the universal will. The legislative will is everything that Allah legislated for the people to live their lives in accordance to. The legislative will is what's in the Quran and the Sunnah. That's Allah's legislative will. The universal will is everything that takes place in the universe, good and bad. That's also the will of Allah. But what's the difference between the two? Example, the legislative will is that everyone enters into the fold of Islam. Right? That's the legislative will. But has everyone entered into the fall of Islam? Yes or no? And will everyone enter into the fall of Islam? No. So the legislative will, it may take place, it may not take place. Legislative will. Every Muslim is supposed to pray five times a day. Does every Muslim pray five times a day? No. Some of us, unfortunately, we're negligent when it comes to our prayers. May Allah forgive us. Right? So, but the legislative will itself is that we're supposed to pray. That's the legislative will. But it doesn't mean that everyone is going to do it. Different from the universal will. The universal will, every soul should taste death. Is everybody going to die? Yes. That's the universal will. The universal will, uh, from it, the... The earthquakes. If Allah decrees it to be earthquake, it's going to be an earthquake. If Allah or Allah wills, it's going to be it's going to be an earthquake. No offense, it's going to take place. If Allah decrees for it to rain, it's going to rain. If Allah wills that it's going to be a snowstorm, it has to take place. Different from the legislative will. So, another difference between the two. 
The legislative will is everything that Allah is pleased with. Or rather, everything from the legislative will, Allah is pleased with. Everything. But there are things in the universal will that Allah is pleased with, and there are things that He's not pleased with. Like Allah has willed that there will be evil present. But is Allah pleased with evil? No. Allah is not, but Allah allows it to happen. Once it, well, if Allah didn't want evil to happen, why is He allowing it to happen? It is a test for the people. And some people passed the test by staying away from evil, and some people failed the test by indulging in evil. And that way, Allah differentiates between the good and the bad. But it doesn't mean that Allah loves evil because it's happening. It's a test. It's a test. Does Allah love shaitan? No. Shaitan is rejected and he's the enemy of Allah. But Allah allows him to exist. It's a test. His presence is a test for the people. Right? Who? The pr- the, for the people, for sure. As for shaitan, he's doomed. Allah, just, he gave him respite, you know, until the day of judgment. But the shaitan is doomed. His case, his case is sealed. Yeah. But the point is that we, we have to understand the decree in its proper way. But at the same time, don't dwell too deep into it. Because this is something that's prohibited. Going too deep into the, the qadr. Understand the principles, the basis, khalas. Move on. Also this narration, it shows that it's possible for people to change. From good to bad, and from bad to good. And one should never say that... A person will never do good. He's never going to change. You don't know. The worst of the people have changed. Here it is. The hadith. The man killed 100 people. We may know a few people who may have done some bad crimes. But I don't think any one of us know personally somebody who's killed 100 people. Right? We know, we know some bad guys in the neighborhood, but not nobody walking around, as you would say, with 100 bodies under his belt, no. But we know some bad people, you know. And people say, man, he ain't never going to, you don't know. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of the hearts. Perhaps, perhaps, a person may change at the time of death. Meaning before he dies And accepts Islam Look at the Jewish boy who used to work For the Prophet Sallallahu hmm? He accepted Islam on his deathbed He accepted Islam A Jew who worked He worked with the Prophet Sallallahu He accepted Islam all that time he was working for the Prophet, but at the, right before he died, he did. He changed at the end. Of, before it was too late, he changed. 
And the Prophet وسلم, said, Alhamdulillah, الذي أنقذه بي من النار. All praise is due to Allah, the one who has saved him by way of me from the hellfire. And I've mentioned uh, to the brothers before the story of the, the sheikh from Baghdad who had cursed a Christian. And the Christian said, in his response to him cursing him, how do you know how I'm going to die? So what Allah did, He tested that scholar and afflicted him with apostating from the religion over a female. The, the scholar and his students, they left from Baghdad and they were going to make Hajj. And they stopped by a town or a place to rest. So as the students are resting, the scholar, he got up and went to look for something to bring to the students. He's seen a beautiful woman looking out of like a, a window from her home. And he went to the house. And he knocked on the door. The father came to the door. He said, I've seen a beautiful woman here. Who is she? The father said, she's my daughter. He said, marry me to her. He said, that's not allowed in our religion. This is what the father says. He says, but I always told my daughter, I will give her the option to choose who she wants to be with. So he calls his daughter and mentions the proposal. So the daughter says, I'll marry him under the condition that he has to leave his religion. And he, 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 we cannot consummate the marriage right away. He has to wait a year. And for this year, he has to tend to my pigs. They had a, like a, a barn full of pigs. So the, the scholar agreed. He said, one condition, just don't turn your face. So it would always allow me to look at your beauty. So she agreed. So he apostated for the woman. So now the students, they get up, they're looking for the sheikh. They go to the house. They come across the house, they knock, we're looking for our teacher. The father says, tells them a story, they couldn't believe it. So when they go in the back, he back there with the pigs. <laughs> Trying to get them in order, you know. And they said, what are you doing? So they start debating with him, he start debating back with them. Told them, leave me, get go. I know what you're saying better than, what you, than you know. So they left him then. Some of the students were sad, the others said, we have to go make Hajj. So they went and made Hajj, and on their way back, they stopped again. And then they found them like sleep, laying amongst the pigs. So they left and went back to Baghdad. And then one day he, he got up, he, he snapped out of it basically, and he went back and he repented and he accepted Islam again, and Allah gave him more than what he had prior. But the point is that he mentioned, he knows why that happened to him. He said because he was arguing with the Christian, he cursed the Christian Because when you curse somebody You're saying that somebody is outside of the mercy Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Like you say May the curse of Allah be upon you You're saying the person is outside of the mercy of Allah And that Allah will not forgive them So that's when the Christian said How do you know how I'm going to die So Allah tested him with that 
to show that Allah is in control of the affairs of the people. Perhaps the person who you think will never accept Islam will accept Islam. So be careful of making the statement that, oh, this person will never do good, or this person will never become... You don't know. You don't know. Our responsibility and duty is to just call uh, the people to the deen and be a good example for the people as it relates to Islam. Another point, we do not judge anyone to be from the people of paradise or the people of the hellfire specifically except for the one who we know by way of the text to be from the people of paradise or the people of the hellfire or someone as an example we know the person rejected Islam and died upon kufr different but a mistake we find uh, some Muslims making that when a Muslim dies people automatically saying that the person is in, will be in Jannah you don't know rather we say we hope for the person paradise because you don't know maybe the person was a munafiq pretending to be a Muslim Allah knows we don't so we don't say that no one is in paradise Specifically but That's knowledge of the unseen Except like The Sahaba they in paradise Because we have a text And then the Prophet gave The glad tidings to ten companions Specifically by name That they are in paradise Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali To the end Right The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He uh, seen the paradise and then it was a palace in paradise and he said who does the palace belong to they said a youth from the Quraysh he said I'm from the Quraysh and then he said no for Umar ibn Khattab that's an indication he would be in paradise the Prophet ﷺ, he heard the footsteps of Bilal in paradise ahead of, in front of him that's an indication Bilal will be in the paradise like things like this the text establish who was in the paradise and then likewise, those individuals, like Abu Lahab, there's a surah about him being in the hellfire. Him and his wife. We can say for sure Abu Lahab and his wife will be in the hellfire. And subhanAllah, here's the one of the, the, one of the signs or the proofs that the Qur'an is from Allah. Allah revealed the surah about Abu Lahab, that he's going to go into the hellfire before he died. Not after he died. This is how you know the Quran is from Allah, and this is not something the Prophet Muhammad himself made up. Because the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he doesn't know the unseen, right? So, if a man made up the Quran, and then he made up the surah about Abu Lahab, it's possible that Abu Lahab could have became a Muslim, and then now. The surah is debunked. It's clear, but it's a lie. And he right? No. Quran is from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah spoke about Abu Lahab and that he's going to be in hellfire, and his wife is going to be in there with him. And sure enough, Abu Lahab died as a polytheist, and his wife died as a polytheist. Indication of the truthfulness of 
the Quran. But it's not for us to say for sure this person is paradise, for sure this person is in the hellfire because you don't know how the ending of an individual will be. In the Prophet Sallallahu he mentioned Indeed, the actions are based upon how they end. And this is uh, very important that when we say guide us uh, to the straight path. This has three meanings. Number one, the guidance of knowledge. Number two, the guidance of success. And then number three, the guidance of stability or the guidance of consistency. So when we say Ehdina Sirat al Mustaqim, okay, alhamdulillah, we have the knowledge of Islam and we entered into Islam by Allah's permission. But now Ehdina Sirat al Mustaqim means for us that we're asking Allah to keep our feet firm on the straight path so that when we die, we die as Muslims. And Allah mentions, وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Do not die unless you are Muslims. But what, does a person know when he's going to die? So then how we practice that statement of Allah, how do we implement is the consistency in worship, the consistency in the practice. So that when the angel of death comes to you, if you're striving every day, one, one, of, the, one of those days the angel of death is going to come to you. You'll be in a state of practicing. But if you're playing around with the religion, one day you're practicing, another day you're doing what you do, the angel of death may come to you at that time. You don't know. So don't take a chance. Don't take a chance with your deen. Hmm. Here, another uh, narration... And this is another explanation given by the scholars where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he stated إِنَّ الرَّجُلْ لَيَعْمَلُ عَمَلَ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ فِيمَا يَبْدُوا لِلنَّاسِ وَهُوَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ وَإِنَّ الرَّجُلْ لَيَعْمَلُ عَمَلَ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فِيمَا يَبْدُوا لِلنَّاسِ وَهُوَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ Indeed the person he does the actions of the people of paradise According to what's apparent to the people That's another understanding Meaning he's showing one thing outwardly But in reality he is from the people of the hellfire And indeed the person he does The actions of the people of the hellfire From what's apparent to the people But in reality he is from the people of the paradise So the scholars they say here the Prophet ﷺ has clarified that in most cases that whoever has an evil ending then this is an indication that there was some type of evil within the person all along or that there was a sickness of the heart or that the person was upon desires although to the people it appeared to be that the person was upon goodness but he had Sukhatima, he had an evil end.
Then you also have the hadith Al-Qudsi where Allah he states أَنَا عِنْدَ الظَّنِّ عَبْدِي بِي وَأَنَا مَعَهُ إِذَا ذَكَرَنِي فَإِنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِي وَإِنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي مَلَئٍ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي مَلَئٍ خَيْرٍ مِنْ مِنْهُ وَإِنْ تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ شِبْرًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ ذِرَاعًا وَإِنْ تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ ذِرَاعًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ بَاعًا وَإِنْ أَتَانِي يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ حَرْوَلَةً The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned that Allah stated I'm with my servant in the manner that he thinks about me and I'm with him when he remembers me If he remembers me within himself I will remember him within myself If he remembers me in a gathering I will remember him in a gathering That's better than their gathering and if he comes towards me a hand span, I will go towards him an arm span. And if he comes towards me an arm span, I will go towards him a bantam. And if he comes towards me walking, I will go towards him running. What's the point of this narration? The point of this narration is that when the servant turns to his Lord, Allah will turn to him. So the one who has a good ending, this is an indication that within the person, the person intended good. Going back again to the hadith of the man who killed 99 people. So what's apparent that he's from the people of the hellfire. That's why the monk said there's no forgiveness for you. He killed 99 people. Normally a person kills 99 people, you're going to, uh, people will think that he's done. This, this is no, there's no change for this type of individual. Right? But within himself, huh? For sure, but within himself, he wanted to stop. He wanted change. That wasn't apparent to the people. Right. Even though he's, he's committing these crimes, he's killing people, within himself, it didn't, it didn't sit right. He wanted change. He wanted to repent. Right? But that's not apparent. What's apparent is this guy's going around killing people. Right. But Allah knows. So Allah gave him the tawfiq to seek out an alam and get the correct information. But look, even, even in his quest for the knowledge of whether he can be forgiven or not, he still killed another person. When the monk told him, there's no forgiveness for you, what'd he do? He made the man fall into a state of despair. Right? Tell somebody there's there's no there's no change or there's no forgiveness for you. He's killed. But then when he reached the scholar, alhamdulillah, he gave him hope for sure by giving him the correct knowledge. No. There is a narration where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
He stated, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالِ كَالْوِعَانِ إِذَا طَابَ أَسْفَلُهُ طَابَ أَعْلَاهُ وَإِذَا فَسَدَ أَسْفَلُهُ فَسَدَ أَعْلَاهُ Indeed, actions are like a vessel. If the lower part of it is good, then the higher part of it or the upper part of it will be good. But if the lower part of it is corrupted, then the higher part of it will be corrupted. The scholars they say, وَهَذَا يُبَيِّنْ أَنَّ مَنْ كَانَتْ أَعْمَالُهُ سَيِّئَةً وَهُوَ مُسْتَمِرُ عَلَى هَذِهِ الْحَالِ لَا يَرْجِعْ إِلَى تَوْبَةً فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ يَكُونْ سَبَبًا فِي خِطَامِ السُّوءِ وَالْعِيَاضُ بِاللَّهِ وَلِهَذَا عَلَى الْعَبْدِ الْحَذْرِ The scholars they say this narration clarifies that whoever's actions are evil and he's consistent being upon that state of evil and he does not return to repentance that this can be the cause of the individual having an evil ending meaning he dies in a bad way he dies upon sin, disobedience of Allah and the refuge is sought with Allah so for this is upon the servant to beware Inshallah Ta'ala, we will stop at this point and whatever is correct, then it is from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, whatever is incorrect, then it's from myself. And this is the end of the discussion on this hadith. Subhanaka Allah, Muhammad, Ashadu Allah, Ilaha, Ilaha, Anta, Stop, Shuruqa, Wa Tuhi.